All right. Well, it's good to see everyone today. Welcome to our Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture podcast. And my name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin. And it's great to see you today. I uh, hope that your week is going well. Um, so a- as we started this project, um, I made the decision that we were going to try to do this in a chronological order. Okay. That there were, there were few reasons. And one of them was just to do something a little bit different, um, to kind of, uh, you know, change things up a little bit. Sometimes we can get into just the monotony and, and, uh, and so changing things up can help, but it also causes there to be a little bit more confusion and challenges. So we're going to see that. We're going to see that as today, uh, yesterday or uh, Tuesday, we were in Second Samuel chapters one through seven. Today, we're going to be reading First Chronicles chapters nine through fifteen. So that's First Chronicles chapters nine through fifteen. All right now, today we're not going to throw in any. Uh, psalms, but for our reading on Tuesday, we're going to have a bunch of psalms, and they're all over the place in psalms. That becomes a little more challenging, so you may want to have a notepad and write down the psalms that we're going to uh, to talk about. Um, I, I think it's worth the little bit of confusion, the little bit of extra uh, work that it takes um, to go through the Bible in a little bit different manner. Um, I, I hope that you do as well. I hope that you stick with us as we kind of bounce around a little bit. So, as I said, we're going to be in First Chronicles chapters 9 through 15. And Chronicles is a little bit different. Um, it, it is talking about the same kind of time period um, as what's covered in Samuel and Kings or some of the same time periods, but it's it's written at a much later date. It's kind of looking back. Uh, the focus is definitely more on uh, the, the Davidic monarchy, not Saul's. And in fact, the first time, uh, really the only thing we see about Saul uh, is is his end, is in chapters 9 and 10, um, is the really the only bit about Saul. It doesn't get into um, the conflict between David and Saul. It doesn't get into the civil war that basically happened after Saul died. You know, that's what we talked a lot about uh, uh, on Tuesday when 2 Samuel's 1, 1 through 7 talks a lot about that civil war that broke out after Saul died and and who was going to take the throne then. Well, God desired for it to be David, um, but there was a political structure in place now. Right? Maybe, wild idea, maybe that's why God didn't want there to be a monarchy. Right? Maybe maybe that's why he wanted the people uh, to, to choose to trust him and to follow him. Uh, and yes, there was going to be a, a system in place there, but it wasn't a monarchy where all of a sudden you started giving that kind of power to one individual or one entity. That just does not work out well. And, and so we see that uh, the Chronicles um, is going to, to focus uh, more on the, the kings, but especially starts with David. Um, and again, this is written uh, after the exile, during the period of the exile when people are coming back. So this is written at a much later date, but it is talking about um, the, the time of the, of the kings. So if you, you look at First Chronicles chapter 9 uh, and 10, uh, we see where it, it talks about uh, Saul, talks about his family, then talks 
talks about the tragic end of Saul and his sons um, and how uh, they they died. The, the Philistines uh, killed them in battle. Um, we have chapter 11, where David is made king over all of Israel. Again, it doesn't go into it doesn't talk about the civil war that ensued um, and then we we have um, a explanation uh, of the of David's army and how it came about uh, and he starts to go through it it's kind of interesting as you read through chapter 11 um, how the people and you you may have heard the phrase David's mighty men or the mighty men of David um, these were his Trusted people who he 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 trusted who fought alongside of him, um, and and we kind of see why they became uh, his trusted um, men, and it, it starts naming them. It starts going through and giving us names of of what they did, of how um, how they uh, uh, went and did military things for David and showed loyalty to David. Um, we see that. Um, throughout here. Um, again, this to me is, it is, it's just reiterating that these are not just random stories, that these things actually happened, right? That the people's names are named, you know, that they, they knew the names of these individuals. These were historical figures um, from the, the nation of Israel. Um, and and it, it, to me, just proves that the, that the scripture is, a historical document as well as God breathed, um, but it is true through and through, even in the parts that we struggle with, parts that we can't fully understand. Um, it is it is completely true and, and reflective of what was happening uh, in the world at that time, especially in the nation of Israel. And and uh, and so we we see uh, chapter twelve uh, continues. It goes on to how uh, David's army grew, um, and the the army uh, continues to to grow and to to grow. Um, this this shows just who David was, uh, the leader that he was, of how people were willing to uh, to go and to support him, even though that meant not supporting Saul. Right, some of this happened um, in that in between time, um, but uh, David was clearly a a good leader. He obviously drew people um, to him. Um, you see in the second half of there of chapter twelve, um, David's uh, army at, at Hebron. Um, that came and was, uh, you know, just very strong. And obviously, David became a very strong military might. Um, and he, we we see that he he won numerous battles. Now, I want to really focus most of our time on chapter thirteen uh, through fifteen. So, chapter thirteen um, talks about uh, the Ark of the Covenant being. Uh, being brought back. Now, this is uh, important because remember we mentioned that a little bit. That's mentioned in Second um, Samuel uh, chapters one through seven as well. Um, and we had a, a weird incident. So they're bringing the ark, um, you know, and and David is excited about bringing the ark, um, but someone touches it when they're not supposed to, and they die, and it scares David to death, and he just leaves it at the house of this guy named Obed Edom. Uh, Obed Edom, uh, his household is then blessed because where the the ark is that is representative of the presence of God. It was a very important symbolic um, thing that, that that is where the presence of God was. And that's why David wanted that in uh, with him and, and 
being kind of symbolic, leading the country. Right? So David's desire to bring the ark was not a problem. Um, the way he did it, though, I think is, is the problem here. And Chronicles kind of clarifies this a little bit more um, that we see, well, what's the problem? Why? Why did God not just let this let the ark be taken uh, to Jerusalem? Why was there this problem? Um, in chapter thirteen, uh, there in the third verse, uh, second verse, says, "If it seems good to you, this is David talking to the assembly of Israel. So he's not talking to the Levites, who are the priestly." Uh, tribe. He's just talking to a representative of, of Israel, the assembly of Israel. It says, if it seems good to you, and if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in the land of Israel, to the priests who Levites come together, let us bring the ark of God back to us, for we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. Um, and then everybody was like, yes, let's do it. Now, this is interesting. I think this is this is where the problem began. Is that it says that David inquired of the people, and he said, "If this seems good to you, well, guess what? Whenever the king is asking the assembly, hey, if this seems good to you, and it's obvious that the king wants to do that, the assembly is going to say, yeah, that sounds good, right? <laughs> Very rarely are they going to somebody going to stand up against the king and say, you know what?" I, I think you're wrong. You need to, you need to back off on this one, right? Especially in, within the political structure, right? This assembly um, is going to be supportive of David for the most part. And then it does say, it says, and if it is of the Lord our God, but nowhere does it actually say that they inquired of the Lord if this is what he wanted them to do. Um, that, that's an important very important aspect of this. We don't see anywhere that David actually sat down and asked a priest. He didn't incorporate the Levites. And he said, hey, this seems like a good idea. Let's do this. But he never really inquired of the Lord. Okay. Um, I think, I think that is, uh, is, is, very, very important. And so you have uh, the the guy that gets, that dies because he touches it. Uh, David actually, in response to that, David was afraid of God that day, saying, how can I bring the ark of God to me? And um, so David wouldn't move the ark anymore, so he left it. Then it then it transitions to chapter 14, um, and, I, and we'll get back to the ark, but chapter 14, um, David is in Jerusalem. It's a, in verse three. This is a problem. It says then David took more wives in Jerusalem, and he begot more sons and daughters. Again, it didn't say God wanted him to take more wives. That was a cultural thing. He just did it. And guess what? It causes major issues. Right. So David is, even though he is a man who who is after God's own heart, he also got caught up into cultural things that most people didn't seem to have a problem with. Right? So then we continue on. It talks about the Philistines. The Philistines are a problem. Twice in this, it actually says uh, here in uh, verse 10, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? Right? The Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. There were no conversations like that recorded when, uh, in reference to the ark. 
right? So now here David is being very specific. God, do you want me to go and, and fight the Philistines? And God replies, yes. And so David does, and he, he uh, defeats them. Um, and then it gets into chapter 15. And, and I think we, we, again, we see what's going on here with this issue with the ark, uh, even more it says, then David said, uh, this is verse two, no one may carry the ark of God, but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. All right. So what David had done is David was bringing the ark um, to glorify God. He was, had good motives to do it, but he was not following the way that God had prescribed. He was not using the Levites. He was not doing it in the way that, that God desired. And, and, uh, and so we, we see you continue to go on, uh, down in verse 12. It says, you are the heads of the fathers of the houses of Levites. Sanctify yourself, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord, uh, God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. All right. Um, and then verse 26, and so it was when God helped the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, they offered seven bulls, seven rams. David was clothed, David was clothed with the robe of fine linen, as were all the Levites who bore the Ark. Um, and it, it talks about David uh, praising God. Um, it does mention how David uh, was uh, singing and dancing, and Saul's daughter, uh, Michael, despised him for it. Now, you may think, well, what's, what's the big deal with this? You know, what, why, why is that a, a problem? And I, I don't know the exact answer, but, but as I, the, the thing that hits me with that, remember, God didn't want there to be a monarchy, right? He didn't, he didn't want that for the people. Um, he knew the dangers of it. And it becomes even more dangerous when the monarchy starts kind of taking control of the religious practices as well. And what David, I believe, in, unintentionally was doing whenever he first went to get the ark is that he was kind of saying, you know what, I, we're going to worship God, we're going to follow him, and, and I'm going to lead the way, and, and I'm going to, to bring the people together, and we're going to do it. That sounds good, but what that was doing is it was making basically the monarchy ruler of the religious practices as well, and God did not desire for that to be that way. There, were a, there was a separation from the beginning. The Levites were separated out. They were the ones to be uh, the ones who uh, were, were God's voice to the people, right? They were the ones to be the priest to go through the sacrifices, to go through the religious practices. Um, it was not designed to be carried out by the king. And, you know, and I, I know you, you know, sometimes you can read too much into things, but, but we have always seen when governments try to get involved in regulating religion that it only leads to death and destruction. Right? Um, throughout history. And, and I, I think that's kind of what this is getting at here of, of, of why this is important and something that we can take from this um, is that God clearly did not want 
the monarch, the king, to be the one who was running the religious show, right? He was not to take the role of the priest. The priests were supposed to be separate. And the priests were not supposed to just be right in line underneath the king. They were the ones that should be inquiring of the Lord as to what to do, not inquiring of the king. There needed to be a complete separation. Now with David, a lot of times that would be similar because David was a man after God's own heart. But what we'll see is that there will be kings that come after David that are evil, that are only in it for their own own uh, selfish desires, and they don't care who they destroy, right? And and I, I think there's some practical application to that, um, and it's important for us to to recognize um, <laughs> who who is God, and are we going to put our trust fully in Him, uh, and not on the human institutions that so easily can actually lead us away from God. All right, we're going to stop there. Um, this is this one's going to be a challenge. So for our Tuesday uh, edition coming up, there's quite a few psalms, and these psalms are kind of were written or talk about kind of this time frame uh, when David is transitioning from being on the run from Saul to becoming king. All right, so it's it's in this time frame. That's why we're going to do them here. But they're all over the place. So get a pen, take a minute, hear the Psalms. I want you to read over the weekend. Psalm 8, 19, 29, 32, 65, 68, 103, 108, and 138. All right, so one more time. That's Psalm 8. 19, 29, 32, 65, 68, 103, 108, and 138. All right. Encourage you to read those Psalms. Some of them are not very long at all. Won't take you too long. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday.